What is up, internets? Welcome to Self-Defense from All Angles, the podcast where we try to expand the conversation surrounding self-defense. I'm your host, Randy King, owner of 8020 Conflict Management Strategies. This week on the show, we have Nia Hartsfield. She is the owner of Hard Candy Self-Defense, and she has a great take on the self-defense space. In this episode, we talk about embracing your femininity and how you don't need to be masculine necessarily to defend yourself. We talk about the reason why she chose hard candy as the name of her company and the metaphor that surrounds it. We also chat about warrior mentality and mindset and all of the toxic things that surround the self-defense community. We really take a hard look at some of the myths in self-defense and bust those apart in multiple different ways. Nia, like myself, has a education first training thought process. She's more into proactive skills than she is into the physical skills. All the physical skills are super important. So check out the show and don't forget the bonus content where Nia shares a super personal story on my Patreon. All those links will be in the show and in the show notes. And don't forget, if you, your organization, or your company are looking for more information when it comes to proactive self-defense that is education-driven, I'm available for workshops, seminars, and keynote speeches for your group. Now let's get to the show. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Self-Defense from All Angles. We have Nia on the show today. Nia, how are you? I'm well. Peace, everybody. Thank you so much for having me, Randy. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. We've been following each other on Instagram back and forth, and we are are vibing on our our views on (laughs) self-defense. We got a wave. Exactly. So, Nia, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, uh, peace again, everyone. I'm Nia Hartsfield. I'm the founder and owner of Hard Candy Self-Defense out of Charleston, South Carolina. I'm also a United States Navy veteran, combat veteran. I started Hard Candy Self-Defense in 2016, about three years after I left the military. I returned home to Charleston, South Carolina, where I realized that the uh, crimes against women had been like shockingly high here. I mean, when I left here, I was a little girl. I didn't really pay attention to it. We didn't live in a, you know, a bad part of town. So it wasn't my concern as a child, but as a grown woman, an adult and a mother, the crime rate was ridiculous. So I was like, you know what? We got to get out here and do something about this. My whole theme and like tagline was it's time to change the statistics. So I got into selling self-defense products and that yielded an opportunity for training and education because women didn't know how to use the products or they weren't confident enough to use them. So I rolled into training and education and here I am. That's awesome. Like I said, we we met on Instagram. I love what you're putting out there. Big, big fan of it. And I'm really excited to have you on the show. And uh, the listeners won't know this, but we've tried this. We've like near missed like four or five times trying to get this done. <laughs> I've missed forgot time zone issues, other things. It just got crazy. Oh God. So I'm super happy it's happening. The question we ask every guest first is, what is your definition of self-defense? My definition of self-defense begins with self, begins with spirit, all right? And I believe that is where we have a lot of connective tissue, you and I, in our approach. 
right. um, a more holistic approach. I, I'm pretty sure we're like right there with this, but um, it really is guarding the spirit first. So mind, body, spirit, and having that in total alignment before we can get out here and say, all right, I'm going to go buy a firearm. I'm going to go take a martial arts cl class and I'm going to play this big role of the super tough person that doesn't want anybody messing with me. <laughs> if your spirit is not protected, you will so be vulnerable. Right. All right. If your mind is not engaged, you will so be vulnerable. The last thing you're concerned with is physical, your physical ability to protect yourself. So it really does start with preventative measures, taking the time to practice that self-care, you know, your worth, your value. It all starts within first, and then you move on to classes and punching bags and knives and guns and all those cute things. Yeah. And I obviously can't agree more. The listeners probably you're like, you're literally like reading out the same playbook that I would read out of because I've worked with so many clients and I've worked so many diverse people. And that's one of the biggest things we hear is why didn't you stand up for yourself or why didn't you whatever? And they're like, Oh, I didn't think I was worth it. So if they don't think they're worth it, then all this other stuff is pointless. Right. And you say spirit, I use a different word, but it's the same thing. If you don't believe you're worth protecting, then why would you why would you even think about protecting yourself? And I have a story that I'm not going to tell because it takes too long. This is your interview, not mine. But I had a client that literally had that exact experience. She had all the physical skills in the world, decided not to use them because mm -hmm. she didn't think she was worth defending. So that that's what shifted my perspective. One of the many, many things that did. Nia, wh what do you wish more people knew about self-defense? What do you think are some of the things that not enough people are talking about? Mm. And, you know, I follow hundreds of uh, organizations and companies and individuals on social media. We're not speaking on the topic of prevention. Right. We're not speaking on the topic of threat assessment as right. much as we should. Um, I see a lot of guns. I see a lot of cool moves. <laughs> I see a lot of bad, I mean, some of these people are looking like they should be in a movie, but it's not reality, you know, and I, and I attract, my business attracts a lot of women who've uh, suffered trauma, mental mm. traumas, uh, physical traumas, domestic violence, things like that. And I also train with the elderly. So speaking on a realistic level, I mean, are these older women going to be capable of punching this, this, uh, this bag at hundred miles per hour. Like you have to be realistic. We need to, we need to be talking more proactive preventative measures and how to identify when you're even in an unsafe situation. Right. And this is why I was so excited to have you on the show is because this is exactly what I've been screaming from the rooftops yeah. forever, right? Is the average client for most martial arts gyms are not the average people that actually need self-defense training. They're young, fit people where the people that do need this, the elderly, the people that have gone through stuff, they get pushed away because the style of training is aimed towards these young martial athletic types which is wrong because that's the whole point of it. The whole reason we got into this is to help the people that need this the most. Like you said, that's you saw right. the stats in your city and you're like, what is happening here? Yeah. We got to do something about this. Yeah. So why hard candy? Why is that the name of your company? <laughs> I need to know. I knew that question was coming. Of you know, the first time someone, <laughs> the first time someone ever asked me why hard candy, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to think. There were a lot of assumptions. Right. I got just a quick backstory before I even go into the meaning of the business thing. Sure. I have had, well, due to poor marketing, I was, oh God, fonts, fonts are super important in business because before we were hard candy women self-defense or hard candy self-defense, we were hard candy pistols and pumps. Okay. And due to poor marketing and a terrible font selection, pistols and pumps read pistols and pimps. 
And I had this on the back of my my Camaro at the time. I know this is just, uh, this is so funny. I was driving a Camaro at the time and it was a, a silver with a pink rally stripes. Yeah. And I would be, I was so excited to get my first business phone call. Hi, thank you for calling Hard Candy Self-Defense. This is Nia Hartsfield speaking. How may I help you? And then I get a guy on the other end. He says, hey, Candy. He goes into this really weird conversation with me, oh, assuming no. that it had been some sort of a service, okay? Right. So I was like, okay, nope, scratch that. We got to be as clear as we can in our brand message and the business, you know, why we are. So we, um, we, we cut the pistols and pumps completely out. And now <laughs> it's just hard candy self-defense. And so hard candy is a metaphor. Okay. It's a metaphor for being sweet, but tough. You right. do not, it's my belief. This is my personal belief. You do not have to compromise your femininity to be safe. You don't have to stop wearing your high heels. You don't have to be become masculine. You don't have to pump iron the gym, be the toughest girl in the crowd to be safe. I use my femininity to make me stronger. And I love it because I'm able to implement the element of surprise. Right. When when I'm wearing all my pink and all my heels and all my makeups and my hair, my long nails. Usually I have super long nails, <laughs> but it really is a metaphor. But be sweet, but also be tough. Do no harm, but take no shit. I love that. So let's dive right into that, maintaining your femininity while still being able to protect yourself, because this is a message that I think is super important, but also I'm not really the best messenger for it, right? You should be more feminine ladies with my beard and my giant, yeah. beard, right? So, but I, I love that. And then I have a question also about fingernails that I want to ask later on. Why don't you tell us about that? Like how can people maintain their femininity while still being a person who's capable of defending themselves? Because I think there is a very, there's mixed messages in the community about that. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I had a cop once tell me that women need to just stop wearing purses. You, that is just the biggest distraction and hold up that there is. I don't understand why women wear purses and all this stuff. Right. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, that's not going to change. Right. <laughs> if it's not a purse, it'll be a diaper bag. If it's not a diaper bag, it'll be a gym bag or some sort of a shopping bag, something. So instead of, instead of telling women what not to do, speak on what we can do to become more safe. Oh, I love that. And so um, maintaining femininity in order to be safe, just being who you are. I'm, if you're a woman that's already feminine, you're already girly, you're going to have people come up to you and tell you things like, you know, you're too soft or you're too passive. It, it begins with body language. All right. What language are you speaking to a potential criminal or a criminal out here selecting their victim? OK, it's not about what you're wearing. It's not about you being too girly. It really is body language. Are you aware? How engaged are you in the public? You know, are we doing things that potentially make us a soft target? When I talk when I talk about uh, hard targets and soft targets, what characteristics or what what language am I speaking to the criminal here. So it's not being more feminine, being more feminine to stay safe, but just speaking the language of a person who is not to be selected today. Right. Not today. Not me. Not ever. Right. To paraphrase, you don't need to go G.I. Jane, shave your head and wear <laughs> fatigues and skull t-shirts and all the <laughs> all the cool stuff in order to be able to protect yourself, correct? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. When I when I get those type of girls that come training with me, they find themselves centered right back to femininity. 
They'll come to me nice and tough and rough and telling me what they already know and tell me about all this training. And, you know, I've been training and I've been shooting guns with my pop-ups since I was four years old. And then they come back to, there's a centering because I take a very holistic approach. There's a centering and then they realize, you know what? I really do need to work on this or that or all that other stuff is just fluff. All that other stuff is really just alter ego. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's alter ego and you're a human being. When fear sets in, now it's, oh my God, I'm a woman, okay? That is fully capable of doing what needs to be done in this situation. So you got to remind yourself of who you are, okay? Why you are, your worth. Pack that with you in your bag, or if you're one of them tough girls, you know, wear it on your chest if you're one of those real tough girls. (laughs) You know, wear wear it on your chest. But don't forget that there's power in femininity. We can also use that to our advantage to get out of situations as well. Women do it all the time. Yeah. And that's, that's such an important point is this is one of my like big rallying calls. Now we're just being, we're just, we're just, we're just becoming better friends. We're just going to talk like we're friends now because this is exciting. This is yeah. one of my things. There's so much BS warrior culture of like, you come from a line of survivors, right? Like everybody's like, I'm like, yeah. people survive in different ways. Maybe your family was Vikings or whatever warrior class samurai, whatever you're into, or maybe your family was really good at making friends. There's tons of ways to survive. And in a lot of self-defense <clears throat> training, it pigeonholes people into the only way to survive is to look like this, be like this, act like this, mm. do this thing. And I love the approach you're saying is because it gives people options. Right. Yes. There there are Absolutely. things that you could pull off in a de-escalation situation or a physical mm-hmm. situation that I couldn't do and vice mm-hmm. versa. Right. For Absolutely. example, the mom voice. The mom voice is a terrifying voice. Hi, mom. Right. There you go. See, you're a mom. I am not a mom. I cannot access mom voice, but it's still an equally effective tool. So what are some of the ways you help people realize that, you know, you don't have to have biceps and a shaved head and, you know, better to be judged by 12 than carried by 16 in order to defend yourself. Like what are some of the things you would show your clients? For the people, the individuals, uh, people who have to wear this family crest of warriors. For me, it would be this whole line of strong black women, you know, we this and we that. When life is real, okay, when it comes down to reality, everything comes back to reality. You'll find yourself where all that doesn't matter. You know, it's just you in whatever situation you find yourself in. Now, there's there's a lot of empowerment to that because it helps to shape your identity. It helps to mold you into this person that is fearless and courageous and can do this, whatever this thing is scared. That's pretty, that's really awesome. But when the effects of fear set in, we're human. We're, we're all, we're all going to feel fear. For me, there was a time, there was a time where... I believed in this warrior that I was. I mean, I was in the military, came from all these strong women. And when, what do we do when love becomes a factor, okay? In situations like domestic violence. What do we do when it's that person that's closest to you, all right, that you didn't think would ever, all right, hurt you. You forget all about that warrior that you are. And it's like, you can't get past this barrier or these mental blocks, A lot of times, unfortunately, that's love. Statistically for women, seven out of 10 times, it'll be the person that you know. It won't be a stranger. It won't be a stranger. So I can carry this this alter ego with me in the public, okay, to prepare myself for an attack, you know, against a stranger. But when it's love, when 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 the relationship is personal, when you've been vulnerable, 
all right? It's, you forget all of these things. And I've been in situations where I totally forgot my training, totally forgot anything I was capable of doing to escape and I feel victim. So it works for you, but then it's like, okay, what do we do when it's reality? I love this. And so I've, I've experienced the same thing. I, I tell the story all the time where I was, I'm primarily a striker. I like to hit things, right? I'm in Canada. So weapons aren't like super common. And <laughs> then I started wrestling. I started doing Greco Roman wrestling. And then I got into a, unfortunately, I got into a bar incident during my brother-in-law's bachelor party and striker went to grappling because I had been training in grappling and I was never a grappler. So it was a very weird transition. And I think your alter ego the thing you're talking about is so important is because like you are what you do the most. Yes. If what you're doing the most is preparing for this stranger danger myth effectively, because it's 30%, like you said, three out of 10, then when the seven shows up, you don't have that mental preparation for it. And you get taken unaware. Yes. Right. And I love that you mentioned love. I love that you mentioned the emotional thing, because this is why, in my opinion, people have trouble teaching the side that we're teaching. It's because the side that we teach is the answers are squishy at best. It's not like <laughs> they're good, you're bad, let's do this like Darth Vader, Obi-Wan fight, right? It's it's a different thing when there's emotions and children and family and social structure and connections involved. And that's why these predators have that ability to take advantage of these situations. Yes, yes. So yes. Um, you said when it comes to the individual, when it comes to family, you started with what, what is when it comes to family, what do you recommend people do if they're in situations like this? Do you do you push them to somebody else? Do you have some tips? Oh, God, yeah. Um, <laughs> are you <whew. laughs> I'm actually living that for a long time. I've used avoidance right. as a defense, but eventually there will come a day where you have to face whatever it is that one person in the family that's the aggressor right. or that makes your spirit uneasy when they come around. It could have been a person that violated you as a child. Okay. Sure. It could be that person that, you know, every time you're together, it's tension. It, when And that's what I'm speaking on where self-defense is not just about being able to physically defend yourself mm -hmm. spiritually as well, because it contributes to the breakdown. And then you're not ready physically if that is ever what your reality is. So with family, it would need to be paying attention to what your body is telling you when you're around a person that triggers you. Right. Removing yourself. Re disengagement mm -hmm. is an art. Disengagement, de-escalation, so that you don't have to go using your skilly skills, all right? Yes. You're the family, you're the one in the family that carries the gun, or you're the one in the family that know that that has this black belt and whatever it is that you've mastered. You don't want for the situation to escalate where it becomes physical. So protect yourself at the spiritual level. Know and pay attention to the signs that your body is saying, okay, all right, Nia, it's time to go. Mia, you know, you don't, your body doesn't respond well around this person. Detachment, de-escalation, avoidance, all right? And if you just want to, I've tried it where I've communicated, opened up, you know, to an, an individual in my family that we just didn't get along. Right. And from there, it just blew up. So sometimes avoidance is the best defense right. for you. I agree. And I think this is one of the phenomenon. So listeners, again, I'm not pooping on martial arts training. I think there's no, a lot absolutely of, not. No. Yeah. I think there's a lot of benefits to it. But when you do a physical only approach, if there isn't a physical problem, you're not learning a solve. So we did this, we do a class. My uh, one of my friends that I teach with, he does a class called Wreck a Neck. And it's literally teach people how to break a neck empty. <laughs> That's the whole thing. We did that class. 
people were giggling and breaking necks, quote unquote, fakely, obviously <laughs> nobody died, but they were breaking necks the whole class. Then the next class I taught, and it was a boundary setting class. And I was saying, you need to now say something stern to the person in front of you. And they couldn't do it. And I was like, so you're okay simulating murder, but yeah. you can't say no to a friend of yours. This is where most of the problems come from. And this is why it bothers me when physical only gyms are saying they're teaching self-defense because the predator in your family might not even be physically touched. You might be draining your time, your energy, your resources, borrowing money, whatever. If you can't say no to that, then how do you expect to maybe do something on a more physical side of things? Yes. Randy, you are so freaking awesome. And that's the point that we've been driving for a while. I want to put a pin clip here. There's a difference between martial arts and self-defense yep. they are not the same this is the great debate this is what people will become super upset with you about when or me about when i say oh, martial arts <laughs> oh god yeah yeah uh, honey randy we we ready for the smoke though I, yeah. oh, I, i'm yeah. <laughs> always ready for the smoke i'm serious but martial arts is an art yep it's an art there are rules of engagement okay when you tap that means there's a mutual respect attackers, perpetrators, there, there is no mutual respect. Right. They're coming in for the kill. They're coming in to victimize you. So where you've trained on a daily or a month, you know, you have a monthly membership. What are there? There are about 7,000 different mixed martial arts studios in America. Sure. All right. Their, uh, their memberships are through the roof, waiting list. All right. So cool. Why are the crime rates still increasing? Right. It's an art. And that's where it stops. You can implement that in your defense, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You can implement what you've learned on the mats in your self-defense. But when you've got mutual combat, there's no guarantee you're gonna win because you've got the black belt right. against a person who has a gun to your head or against a person in your home that has been waiting on the perfect time to hurt you or harm you. And it's close quarters now, close right. quarters. And you don't even have the room to implement that uh, roundhouse kick because now we're sitting in the vehicle mm -hmm. or we're lying in bed and you are Muay Thai. All right. That's what you practice. And your, your strongest points are kicks and not what I'm laying down. Now, how will this help me in this situation? So we have to consider what aspects of my training will help me in real life. Right. Is this just empowerment? Is it just a physical workout? Mm. What, what? Yeah. And I think that's my whole deal is, is what's the goal of your training, right? If the goal of your training is learn how to count to 20 in Japanese and learn a culture, then do what you got to do. But if your goal is self-defense, you have to specifically look for people that are teaching this type of self-defense, right? Mm -hmm. And that's to me, what you just described there is the difference between what we call social and asocial violence. If you use a social model of violence, there's multiple models, but mm -hmm. if you use a social model, which I do, the difference between social violence and asocial violence, social violence is your martial arts. Can I take you? Am I good enough to be you with my skills. Mm -hmm. Predatory violence is the predator is taking you down. They just got to figure out how. Humans have been taking out larger, stronger animals forever. Okay. You can mix martial arts champion, king of the world, brick to the back of the head as a brick to the back of the head, <laughs> right? And that's how predators going to take you out. In fact, the larger your ego armor, the harder they're going to come at you with tools and weapons because humans are tool using pack hunting creatures, right? I can't agree more with everything you're saying. I think it's super important that people understand that your martial art while there is crossover, the rules of engagement are so different in a self-defense situation than they are in a, in a sport fight.
I do make an effort to partner locally with mixed martial arts studios because of the empowerment. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to paint a false or create a false reality for individuals at all. Okay. That you took a couple of classes and now you can, you're ready to take on the world. And you mentioned earlier how people who do participate in the sport or the art, there's an ego and there's a ready and um, there's an assertiveness about those, in, those individuals mm -hmm. where they're looking for the problem. Right. And we don't want to do that. I, I totally teach disengagement, avoidance, awareness, de-escalation. Right. Well, and that's <laughs> so I'm writing a book right now to be super pretentious. Randy's writing a book. Pup, 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 pup. The thesis of the book is self-defense training is closer to safety training than it is martial arts. Ah. Right. Being that the goal of safety training is no incident happens. Yes. Where the goal of martial arts is when an incident happens. So you should be looking for result of zero. That's the goal of self-defense, yes. in my opinion. And mm -hmm. like you just said, I use this water safety analogy. And in the water safety part of it, I say that people that are really strong swimmers might take risks in stronger rivers to prove something like a trained martial artist would in a mm -hmm. fight, right? Certainly would. On that note, and I love just everything you're saying here, but fingernails. You mentioned that you have long <laughs> fingernails a lot, and you mentioned that you are a firearms instructor. There is a little bit, and if this was the devil's advocate, we'd be doing a debate on this topic. I have heard both sides of the fence of number one, if you shoot a gun, you should never have long nails because it stops <laughs> grip and whatever. And then I've heard the side, the, your side clearly, which is you can learn to shoot around. You have to live in the world you live in, right? You can't have everything surrounding having a gun. So we know your thoughts already a little bit, but can you walk out why it's okay to have long nails and shoot? Oh, wow. Because I live it. Because I live it. That's a good oh, reason. Oh, wow. Keep going. <laughs> I, I am an expert shooter. Okay. I mean, that's not the tooting of any horn. Straight up, I will be shooting IDPA with my long nails in the next year or two. I had to debunk that that uh, myth. Right. <laughs> okay. Or it's prevalent. Assertion, and I had to do it quickly because that's my life. I love long nails, and my nails are about at least three quarters of an inch to one inch long. Right. And yes, I've had to train myself um, as far as finger placement. Um, grip is never an issue. Just thumb placement, of course. Before I purchase a firearm, I I like to feel for how can I maneuver, how am I able to use my functions with these long nails? All right, if that's a go, the gun is for me. And for the firearms that I already have, I just taught myself how to use the functions with my long nails and do that very quickly and efficiently and have become very proficient in doing so. So for the girls who like to have long nails but still want to shoot guns, come see me. I'm going to show you what you, what you can do to prove it. And I'm also going to start posting videos with my super long nails. Good. Okay. Super long nails and wearing high heels, maneuvering around a, a moving target, showing you what you're capable of doing in your day-to-day -day activities. There's a girl on Instagram. I'm so sorry. I can't recall her name, but she simulated having a baby in her arms. It was just right. a doll baby in her arms and having to draw her firearm. So we've got to stop telling women to stop being women in order right. to be we got to stop doing that because it's not to reality. I am not going to compromise or put down being feminine or a woman to be safe. Right. I'm going to wear my I'm going to wear my skirts. I'm going to wear my heels. I'm going to wear I'm going to do what I like to do as a woman, but practice my safety measures in the ways that fit me best. 
And I think that needs to be screamed from the rooftops. Like you have to, your self-defense strategy should meet your life. You should not change your life for your self-defense strategy Absolutely. because you want to have this, right? And that's the, the safety training aspect. What drives me nuts is the, the fear mongering and the making people act a different mm. way. If you look at underwater drilling, for example, men do that job all the time. Nobody's like, it's too dangerous. Don't do it. They're like, no, there's training that lets me, you know, navigate the dangers to do the job. Mm -hmm. How is that not self-defense for high heels and, and fingernails and whatever? You learn, here's the parameters. Here's the way to work around them. You're a grown-up. Make your choices. Just because you're a lady doesn't mean you're like dumb and protecting. Oh, no, you're made yeah. of sugar, right? Like it's, it's yeah. insane to me. Well, you know, we're born into a world especially, um, or women were yep. born into the world of victim, a victim mindset. Mm -hmm. Disney has been doing this to little girls from the beginning of time. And I, and when I do my public speaking seminars and engagements, I always use this as an, a prime example. You are, once you become a damsel in distress, someone's going to come save you. Right. So there's no work that you need to do. Just sit and wait. I like to see Disney movies like Brave, where right. she's so beautiful, long hair, dresses, and oh my God, this girl takes on anything. And she's not, she's not allowing for you to say, oh, you can't do that because you're a girl and girls aren't supposed to do this and girls aren't supposed to do that. We have to, it's the social conditioning right. that I believe adds to the crime rate because women don't feel they can. That makes total sense. I have a a little proud dad moment story that's perfect for this. So me and my daughter were playing a game in her room and she was, we were playing princess and knight or whatever. And so she was laying down in bed the whole time. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm sleeping beauty. I'm waiting for you to save me. And I was like, nope. Pulled her out of the bed to sat her down. Wonder Woman and Star Wars. My favorite video, my favorite video I have my daughter. She's this little cute little dress before she's the sass machine she is now. She is this cute little dress and she goes, dad, I think my new favorite princess is Princess Leia, not Princess Aurora. And she's dancing like punk metal. I'm like, okay, I'm doing this right. Because you're right. The conditioning is sugar, spice, everything nice. Don't speak out. Go hug your creepy uncle. No body autonomy. And that's, I think it's ending. I really do. But it's got to end quicker. Yeah, we do. We need to end that that um, victim mindset as soon as we as soon as we hear about it or discover it. I right. love that you stopped that with your daughter as soon as she said, "Daddy, I'm waiting on you." Yeah, no. Um, the number of women who, when you ask them what, what their defense plan is, it's either I'm just going to dial nine one one, I'm going to call my husband, mm -hmm. or I'm going to call some other family member. And I say, well, by that time you're already a victim. Right. It's too late. So we need to start implementing preventative measures, okay? We're not waiting on anyone to come save us because no one's coming. Right. That's the reality, the hard truth of it all. They're not coming. If they do come, it'll probably be at the funeral right. or after you've already been victimized. Exactly. Nia, we could talk all day, obviously, but we got limited time. With all of that, uh, before we do your promo train, we'll really quickly do mine. Don't forget I'm in Europe. We're doing six countries, two co two dates each country, blah, blah, blah. Me and Rory Miller. I'm in St. Louis for the World Martial Arts Association thing. So if you're near St. Louis, you want to come say hi. I'm there. They gave me my own room. I just like get to do whatever I want for two days. So I'm pretty yes. excited. Um, oh my God. And obviously I'm on tour. If you want to book a speaker who you know knows the realities of violence for your workplace, corporate summit whatever that's what all i right. do so feel all free right. to reach out and all the contacts here nia why don't you tell everybody where they can get a hold of you all right you can reach me at www.hardcandyselfdefense.com i'm also on ig at hard candy self-defense we're on facebook at hard candy self-defense and you can also reach me at 843-823-823 
4846. We're in Charleston, South Carolina. Charleston, South Carolina. Awesome. So as you listeners should know by now, although I might be bumping this episode earlier in the ranks because this was so fun, we're going to jump over to Patreon now and Nia's going to share a story, the one-up story where she becomes the coolest person at the table or an important life lesson. So that is only on Patreon, patreon.com slash Live. We're jumping over there now. Do all the internet things for this show. Like, share, subscribe, hit all the buttons. And also, if you have a chance, leave a review. A review is huge. You have no idea how important reviews are for podcasts podcast getting populated. So if you like the show, support it. And honestly, none of this costs you anything, but maybe two minutes of your time. Thank you so much. Great interview. Uh, I'm sure you'll be back on the show at some point, probably season two, so we can talk more. We just scratched the surface here. We're going to Patreon. We'll see you there. And if we don't see you there, we'll see you next week.